I'm Adam Sunhalter. Good to uh, be with you here this evening. We're excited that we have a great show for you tonight. As Jack said, we like to have a lot of fun with small business. We do that on a daily basis, and especially here on our show, Dirty Secrets of Small Business. We'd love to help the owners understand that whatever you're going through, whatever opportunity, whatever challenge you have facing you today, this week, this past month, you're not alone. Folks have been through it before. There are ways to get through it. You're going to survive and give you some great perspective on that. So we'd love to have you be part of the show. You're always welcome to be part of the show. We're here every Wednesday from 7.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And you can reach us here in the studio by calling 440-946-9468. Again, that's 440-946-9468. Hmm. So you can also reach us if you go at, uh, you can hit us up on Twitter, at MaximumVP.com. And then you can also email radio at MaximumVP.com. And one final way, if you want to try our website, MaximumVP.com forward slash how. There's a place there to put the how questions in. And so lots of lots of how's going on. We haven't mentioned that yet tonight, Jack. That's what we help people do. I was just going to do that. Tell them about about how's, Jack. You know, there, there are so many owners of small businesses that each day, a problem is presented to them, and they either run through their mind or they talk to their trusted advisors or better employees, whoever they may be, and they say, how the heck are we going to do this? The sentence always starts with how, and it always involves a problem. So what we've done, we've captured over our 15 years many things about small businesses, and one of them that just stood out was these constant how questions. How do I make a profit plan? How do I hire the right person? How do I get more sales? How do I understand my financial statements? It's endless. Those questions, how, starting with how, are endless. And what we like to do is say that we help small business owners, or wait a minute, let me correct that. We help (laughs) owners of small businesses get unstuck from the state of how. So in our archives, we have hundreds and when we let ourselves go sometimes over a, a drink somewhere in a tavern, we can create on the spot another 50 how questions we never thought of before. So we got a lot of them, and our listening audience has a lot of them because you encounter them every day. And we would love to talk to and hear from you relative to your how questions. But I got a how question tonight. Uh-oh. You're going to jump the, jump the shark, as they say. I'm going to... Go right ahead. I'm going to throw that out. All right. We'll see if it's any good. If not, we'll put something else out there. We can have more than one. It's okay. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, we can have lots of hog questions. Fire it out there, have, Jack. In fact, we can have multiple hog questions working We can do whatever once. we want. It's our show, Jack. We can, we can, well, we can you're, you are sit here and talk about right. making pizzas if you want. We can do whatever we want. Well, how do you make a pizza? That's a, Okay, put that one on That's, number six. There's a hog question. All right, go All ahead. Right. Okay. So this is a version. This question is touched on over several of our prior broadcasts, one way or another, in different ways. And you can rephrase these how questions to make a different point. But the how question I have tonight, Adam, and I know you have all the answers. I have some of the answers, but I know you have all the answers. Mm -hmm. So how do you fire your mother? How the heck do you do that? I'm not talking... You know, the mother who gave birth to you, somehow you can't fire her. We're not talking about that situation. We're talking about your mother in whatever form. She either gave birth to you or inherited you somewhere along the line. But she's working in the company that you're working in. She may have started that company. She may have joined it. 
her skill level may be such where it uh, her, her skills aren't keeping up with today's more modern, fast-paced, technologically driven world. She may be older. She may be right in the prime of her life. I'm qualifying this. And in our favorite, one of our favorite movies here, Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield, where the professor, that, that pesky professor, kind of is always trying to trap them. And he, he uh, in, in the big test, he, had a, he being Rodney Dangerfield, had to prove his, his uh, capability of understanding a certain subject. So the professor said, okay, I just have one question for you. And Rodney Danger just relaxed, like, oh, my God, that, what, that's great. I thought this guy would kill me. He said, one question with 27 parts. So what we're doing tonight is talking about the multiples of the mother that we're going to talk about firing. So the great, the great qualifiers, it depends. She has lots of different skills, ages, might have started the company, might know it better than anybody else, might be totally incompetent, might be ill. Who knows? But since you know it all, and you do, you know it all, uh, what would you say to answer that question? How do you fire your mother? I got some ideas, too. Yeah, I'll give, you, I'll give you a short and sweet answer, Jack. Okay. Short and sweet's always good. Find something else for your mother to do. It's the perfect answer. It's the perfect answer because we've done that a couple times. And we also tried doing it with a few others that it didn't work. Not due to the fact that our brilliance wasn't noted, but uh, the fact that they weren't going to move. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's an easy question to ask. It's a question that most people continue to ask themselves every day, which is, what do I want to be when I grow up? Or what do I want to do when I grow up? And what we find is most entrepreneurs don't stop ever asking that question. And if you're an owner and you've been the, the man, so to speak, or in this case, the woman, either way, if, if you're in charge and running a company... There's something very, well, it can be challenging and frustrating at times. There's something also very intoxicating and very empowering about that. And so to go from, from, from being that person in charge to being in charge of nothing can be a very difficult transition. Very difficult transition. Well, just not the transition of the ownership. And, and we'll call it the power. That, that mother working in the company could be in a lesser role and... Just it's it's time. Her influence is such where, uh, you know, the the heir apparent, which is in most cases going to be the siblings, they basically are are uh, looking to get a fresh start, and the mother is in the way. So trying to talk her into doing something else, it's it's always the perfect answer because it really is. She could work for a nonprofit. She could start a nonprofit. The company could pay her to stay away. Um, the company could help her find something else. So there has to be cooperation for starters. If there isn't, then we unfortunately going to find our way eventually into the legal system, which is awful bad. Well. Excuse me. For the lawyers, it's good. Yeah, again, there's lots, of, lots of situations. So it could be that you had the mother may have started it. It may have been that the the husband started it. The husband now has passed away. Uh, it could be, you know, it could be where they just aren't ready to kind of go on to that next thing. Again, to me, that that, that big driver of finding something else to do is always a way to do it. 
the why and, and, and the wherefores and the how-tos and all that kind of stuff. The, 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 the point here is it's not easy. It's very emotional, and, the, and, and, and you'd like for them to do it on their own. Well, that's by far the best way. Yeah. What, what, what makes it not easy is the mother isn't, she probably hasn't thought about it, and, and maybe the attempts to think about it have been blocked out because she just doesn't want to realize she's perhaps getting older and other reasons like that. But uh, if she has owned up to it and accepted the fact, the inevitable, that she has to change someday, then absolutely to move her into something else. You know, again, nonprofit, she has hobbies, there's so many different ways to go, uh, then it's easy. It's it's when she hasn't realized that stuff and she hasn't uh, come to grips with the fact that she wants to leave or she should be leaving. It's time to leave. It's always time for change somewhere down the line. I don't think one of the options you mentioned, Jack, as you're going through, and I know the, the last one you mentioned was take him to you know take him to court, like the people's court, right? I got, I got a picture of Judge Wapner in my mind, but taking him to court. One option that, that you didn't talk about, I don't think, was you as a child can leave. Correct. You know, it's kind of draw a line in the sand. Hey, if if it ain't you, it's me. I'm gonna be out of here, and that can often snap him out of it and wake him up to say, "I, I got to make sure you, that I get out of the way so you can keep doing this thing." So that could be that could be a good option as well. So find something else for them to do, or you can find something for you to do yourself, or maybe start a company that looks like what they're doing on your own or a different company. If it gets that bad, you got you got to eventually get their attention that way. And there's lots of ways to do it. The ultimate would be either threatening to leave yourself and being ready to leave yourself, or taking them to court. Those are those are two very extreme measures. You don't have to necessarily get to, but you, you know can eventually get there. So, well, we'll pick this up again after the break, won't we? We might. I may have other questions for you. We'll see. So stay tuned and find <laughs> well, out what, what we're going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, stay tuned. After the break, we'll talk more about this and maybe some other hot questions. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini, and we're business coaches with Maximum Value Partners. We help owners of small companies get unstuck from a state of how. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, the new 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. The screen door slams, Mary's dress Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. We are business coaches, and we can help you, owners of small businesses or wannabe owners of small businesses, we can help you get unstuck from a state of how. Wait a minute. I thought you were going to say we can help you fire your mother. Hey, you know what? I can, I can help you fire your mother. My mother might be a different problem, but I'll take I'll take on. All your right. Mother. Well, if you can tell us how to fire your mother, if you have an idea of how to fire your mother, give us a call four four zero nine four six nine four six eight. If your mother's getting in the way and being a mother, you got you know how do you get her out of the way, Jack? Well, a couple of ways. The big, the biggest and best way is what we talked about earlier: uh, buy her out, pay her not to show up, and help her transform into something else—a nonprofit, a hobby. Uh, another business. There's lots of things to do and a lot of good things to do. Now, if she fights that, if she doesn't want to do it, and mothers know how to manipulate their children probably better than children know how to manipulate their mothers, especially as uh, we, we get a little more aged, if you will. So if she doesn't want to leave, what do you do? 
If you're the owner of the company now and your mother doesn't want to leave, how do you get rid of her? It sounds cold and harsh, but the decision has to be made because she's impeding your progress. A lot of people would say, oh, that's hard and cold, and no, it's what's best for the company. You want to get underway with creating a modern company and you have good plans that that uh, can get you there, and all of a sudden there's an impediment for a variety of reasons. So how do we get rid of her? If she refuses to go, refuses to talk about the situation, doesn't want to set timelines with you, doesn't want to listen to leaving, doesn't want to listen to being paid, well, the last thing, the last resort, I had mentioned it a few minutes ago, and that is the court system. If you're the owner, the bona fide owner, you can fire your mother. Boy, that does sound cruel, doesn't it? But you have to do it. Doesn't mean you're going to kick her out in the street. Doesn't mean you're going to be neglectful of her. Just hardly, hardly just the opposite. So that's ultimately what has to be done. Cooperation, charm, rational thought. Both sides have to pick it up and understand it. And if they do, it's a great transition. It's one of the greatest things you can see to kind of help your mother and, and make sure her life uh, beyond her business is is exhilarating and, and as good as it possibly can be. Or, in the worst case, just don't sit and tolerate it because the business and all the employees and everyone will will suffer. You're going to have to fire her. And if it turns into legal issues, so be it. Because it was destined for that anyway. So I don't know if that summarizes it, Adam. There's more to it. We could talk as we, we do often, and this will probably find its way into future conversations. But it's not an easy one. Firing your mother is never easy. There's one point there that you made, Jack, that we, we make a lot, and I want to reinforce it real quick for folks and how we go about doing this, which is we always look, and it's a great question for you to ask as the owner, is what is best for the organization? If you ask that question, the answer typically becomes very apparent. And it's one of the best questions we know to help take a lot of the emotion out of a situation like we're talking about here with a parent-child, you know, a mother-son, a mother-daughter relationship. And if you can both see, hey, what's best for the organization? So if I'm dragging things down, if I'm getting in the way, if I'm stopping you from progressing, if I'm stopping the company from being able to move forward and, and bring in good people because I'm hovering and casting a shadow over the organization, if I can continue to come in and 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 and, and try to use my veto power, whether I have it or not. You know, Even the, subtle veto, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the impression of the employees, because the employees are, are in a no-win situation there. Even if they're told certain things, at the end of the day, they aren't going to, they aren't going to tell on mom. They aren't going to push back on mom because they don't want to be to be kicked out or, or things to be so uncomfortable and so awkward when they come in. Eventually what they'll do, they'll just eject themselves. That's right. And so if you can focus on that question of what is best for the organization, that should be a question that you should always ask yourself to frame. When you have any tough situation especially, and the answer usually starts to appear very quickly. It takes, it takes away most of the noise and most of the emotion to where that answer will just magically kind of rise at the top, so here's what I have to do. Now, the question is, do you have the, the, the gumption and the wherewithal to make that happen? Because even though we often know what the answer should be, it's still going to be very tough to make that start to happen. That is very well said, Adam, and that's true. So it's certainly not easy firing your mother, and you should try many of the, the humane and very personal and emotional ways, basically trying to pay her to leave and get resettled. And that's the best way. And if that doesn't work, then you have to get hard with her like 
everyone else who, who kind of gets in the way of the business. All right. Let me let me transition here to another how question I've got, Jack. All right. This is one I think comes up quite a bit and there's a there's a delicate balance in being a business owner between being vilified at times and there's a certain romance to it where most folks at some point have thought about owning their own company. And when they think about that, they often think about it in the very positive ways. Hey, rolling around all this money, making profits, kind of being able to do my own thing, you know, controlling my own schedule, you know, being being the boss. I mean, whatever terms they want to use, they'll tend to romanticize what that looks like. And so I have a very simple how question. How do you know if you're an entrepreneur? How do you know if you're an entrepreneur? Well, there has to be a drive. There has to be a, a driving curiosity not just idle thoughts from time to time, but an idle curiosity on how to go about becoming an entrepreneur. And we'll define for sake of discussion tonight an entrepreneur is somebody who, who wants to with, I'll use the word passion, not one of my favorite words, but <clears throat> passionately wants to not have a job but run his own future, run his own business. He or she wants to do that. That is an entrepreneur. They want to do it with a passion. And then they make the step and the commitment to find a way to start their own company or multiple companies. And live with that. Live with that idea. Live with that, that, that process going forward. And that's contrast to a job which generally can be defined as something uh, people like to say it's stable, but we laugh at that. You know, being able to start and run your own companies is way more stable than it is to work for a big corporation. But that so-called steady paycheck, where you're tied to work if you're a man, wear whatever uniform you got to wear if you're a woman, the conformance by, by the bureaucrats, because big corporations really are every bit as bureaucratic as the government, and you are going to step in line, basically, for the paycheck. Now, this, you know, the, the, that's, that's a job person. So we contrast a, an entrepreneur who wants to earn his own opportunities, you know, earn her own money based on her own wit and skill and effort and time. Um, that's what he or she wants to do. So how do you know if you're an entrepreneur? If you're curious... First of all, you've got to be curious about what a small business and where are opportunities that I could, could take on. Where are they? How do I do this? A, a curiosity to learn, a commitment to learn, not so much an MBA, that, that's totally crazy. Not even taking entrepreneur courses, although that's probably okay. It's getting a little better to do that. But jump into a fray. Volunteer to work for less than... than uh, what otherwise would be required to learn about a company, to learn about a, a, a particular industry. You're learning, and all of a sudden, you, you will find yourself in a position where you can start your own company or buy your own company or partner in a company. And you'll never look back. You, know, you won't even consider a job. You'll probably get a little nauseated when you think about uh, having to go back to a job. How's that for an answer? It's a lot of good stuff. I, the, the thing that jumped out to me the most was the curiosity piece. It's something we talk about a lot where owners 
are constantly thinking about their business. And and it's to the point where it isn't necessarily thinking about their own business. I think it's part where the curiosity comes in your mention, Jack, which is whenever you're out and about, you're looking around, you're seeing and looking that, you know, maybe you're at a restaurant or you're at a, uh, you're at a car wash or you're at a, you know, you're at a movie theater. You're, you're out somewhere. You're at a doctor's office and you can't help yourself. You can't help yourself from thinking about ways that, that the, the product or service that, that, that you're experiencing could be better. You're thinking about a little Excel spreadsheet opens up in your, in your mind. You're thinking about the, the revenue coming in. You're wondering what's the average price, what people are paying here. What's the, what are some of the costs? What kind of profitability does, does this company have? You're going to notice good people. All of a sudden, hey, I got this person, you know, taking care of me. He's doing a great job. It's all these little things that, that this person's doing. Whatever it might be, you're, you're going to recognize what a good person looks like. So you're, you're constantly looking and seeing that that part of it. You, you aren't just kind of going through the world fat, dumb, and happy as most people are, not appreciating everything it takes to make that that product or service go very, very well. It's all those those little touches that you, you tend to notice and you start to see, and you, you constantly want to make things better. So that curiosity will come out that way where, again, you, you can't turn it off. It's constantly going and churning in your brain, and you, and you see it through that lens as, an, as, a, as, a, as, you know, as a business owner. Where you, if you're looking at it, you know, if you own that company, if you own whatever that's going to be, you're experiencing, hey, here's things that I would do to be able to make this thing better. That's constantly how, how you're going to see stuff. I think that's one great characteristic for sure. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I got a, I got a bunch more here. There's a couple things I want to kind of go through when we come back from break, Jack, to talk about some of the things, again, as I mentioned in the opening of this question, people often romanticize this whole thing of owning a company. Hey, I'm going to be rolling around in dough and make all kinds of money and everything's going to be, be hunky-dory and fantastic. There's some scars that people earn along the way that you've got to be ready for. And that's some of the things I want to kind of touch on here when we come back from break, Good. Jack. Those so. scars sound, sound like fun. All right, so stay tuned to hear more about that. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. We're business coaches. I'm fighting a cough. I've been fighting a cough for about four years now. At least that's what it seems like. If anyone has good ideas for getting rid of a dry cough, uh, call in. And call in with a how question. That's my how That's question. our how question. All right, good. How do I get rid of this dry <laughs> cough? Stay we need all the help we can get. Stay <laughs> tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, the new 101.5 FM, and online at WINTradio.com. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini, and I'm still waiting for my how question. How do I get rid of this dry cough that's been plaguing me? That's right. And during the break, we didn't get any phone calls. So you don't have to be an owner of a small business. If you have a solution, I don't care if it's an old family remedy, call it in here and give it to us. Four, this thing is driving me friggin' four, four, crazy. Hold on. 440-946-9468. Again, 9468. If you aren't going to be able to call us when we're on air, give us a call directly at 877-849-0670. Again, 877-849-0670. Because Jack fought the cough and the cough won. That's what so we're worried far. about. All right, so we're talking I about... the cough and the cough won. <laughs> I fought the cough and It's got a good beat to it, doesn't it? <laughs> you can see we are missing our, our calling in uh, karaoke and Jack. 
All right, so we're talking. We, we <laughs> went there, to break. Callings in karaoke. Absolutely, there's a great there's a great movie. People actually make money. Great movie in called Duets. You ever see that movie? No. All right, Duets with uh, Paul Giamatti. Remember Paul Giamatti? You know who mm -hmm. that is actor. I always call him Pig Vomit from the the Howard Stern movie. He played uh, he played the the producer, right? Oh, okay. Been in a bunch of movies. So he was in there. Huey Lewis is in there, and uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Mm -hmm. It takes you through the country. People are doing these these different karaoke and com you know, competitions, and it's kind of their different lives and things are kind of going on. Duets, good movie. Anyway, all kinds of different markets are out there. I'll put it on the list. You got it. All right. All right. So we're asking the question when we went to break about how do you know if you're an entrepreneur? And Jack talked a lot about the whole idea of curiosity and be able to kind of look around and see stuff. I wanted to touch on a couple of characteristics of things that people have probably been through that are a little more painful and aren't as, aren't as romanticized when it comes to, to business. So if you're willing to make your pay variable, you kind of touched on this before talking about jobs, Jack. Yeah, people, one of the things that people like about jobs is the, the steady paycheck or the appearance of a steady paycheck, right? Because you know what you're going to make every, every week, every two weeks, every you know, twice a month, whatever it's going to be. Hey, you know, that's, I can bank on that coming in, right? The steady, the steady paycheck until it isn't steady anymore. Yeah, until, right. they put, until, they, until they put me in a body bag because I have to make some cuts. Right? We all know folks that that's happened to. You're performing well. You're in the top of your class doing what you've got to do, but then all of a sudden they, they, they get rid of your position for whatever reason, right? They, they being corporate America, the company, things get pulled out from under you. So one of the, the, the things you got to be able to do is you've got to be willing to, to make your pay somewhat variable. And this is second nature to me, but, but, I, but I grew up with it. You know, from my parents' standpoint, you know, they've been through a lot, you know, and they, they, they owned their business for, for well over 35 years. And there are numerous times, this is one of those, those dirty secrets. Again, this is the dirty secrets of small business we're talking about here, Jack. One of the dirty secrets is that it's not like you go through the first couple of years and you get out of it and you're, you're, it's smooth sailing. There are ups and downs and bumps all along the road. And it could be in year two, year five, year 20, where there's going to be ups and downs, where things are going to happen. They're going to lose a big customer or two, and all of a sudden the business you know, decreases by 30 40%. There's, there, there's some big hits that, that, that can happen to a company. Okay? <clears throat> Absolutely. So just because you've been around for a while doesn't mean it's going to keep on coming. So what do you do in that case? And I remember a couple times this happened with, you know, with, with, with my parents um, where they had to make some cutbacks. And they always did a great job of leading by example. So often what they would do is they would, would reduce their pay tremendously and then they would offer employees. So here's here's what we're looking for. Yeah, hey, we, we've cut back you know, our pay by let's say fifty percent, and we still need to make some some additional cutbacks. And so here's two options. One is the rest of the team can take a, take a ten percent pay cut, or we can get rid of somebody. And and almost every time, people chose the ten percent pay cut to kind of take part of that downturn. For a period of time, maybe it was six months or a year or two years until they get things back up to where it needed to be. Because nobody likes to do that. Nobody likes to lay people off. No, and and I think most people when they're in that position too, they're thinking, okay, well, gee, will I be the one if we're going to get you know if if one person's getting cut, <clears throat> am I that confident that it won't be me? So taking a ten percent pay cut, most people can afford to take a ten percent pay cut for a little while. It may hurt a little more for others than, you know, but again, that's a heck of a lot better than a hundred percent pay cut, right? Correct, though. And so, leading by example and starting to adjust their pay, and they would do that early on before they would go to ask the employees to do it. But again, it would, it would be a way to kind of build some camaraderie and be able to build that teamwork where everybody's kind of in it together. And that's part of what happens as an owner: you'll take 
the bigger punishment at times, but you also get a bigger reward, right? When, when all of a sudden, you know, when things are going well and you share profits, the owners typically will get more of the profit, but you want to share it with your team too. That's what we encourage all of our clients to do. Share the wealth, but if you can share the pain a little bit too, that's part of, you know, part of being, being a good team. It can't all be on the owner's shoulders because everybody wants to share the profit, but they don't want to share any of that pain. And so you got to be willing to lead that way as an owner to be able to kind of make that and, and, and be aware that your pay is going to be somewhat variable. Well, and that's a good word. And that's, we, we have a, all our clients are great. You know, we have one who, who is hitting his, his targets uh, right on the nose. I mean, just really great. Everyone's got a euphoric feeling. And, and our job is sometimes to, you know, kind of, uh, bring reality to play, and and uh, here they just finished the quarter that was was great, two quarters in a row, and we warned them that look things are enjoy enjoy this good run right now because by God there's going to be a downturn. Sure as we're standing here, or sure as one of us is standing here, and sure enough, within a week or two later, a lawsuit hits, and <clears throat> uh, all of a sudden a big dark cloud is is hovering over the company and the realization after a visit with the the CPA that these great profits that are being created are going to result in great taxes so two big hits from the depression standpoint have have already nipped this really good feeling it's it's a good legitimate feeling and they're doing exactly what they have to do but being an entrepreneur when these hits come just when you're starting to celebrate and mentally spend the money and mentally see yourself, you know, uh, achieving whatever it is the goals are, you get whacked. And with that steady salary with the big company, you aren't going to get that. You know, you're going to get that steadiness. Uh, if you aren't laid off, the company, you know, doesn't hit, hit tough times. You'll get that boring steadiness versus <laughs> making your own breaks. And when you want to make your own breaks and can't stand that steadiness, that tells you one thing: you're a friggin' entrepreneur. If if you're a big fan, you know again here we're in the Cleveland area, and we we're we're very blessed to have Cedar Point very nearby. And there's a lot of roller coasters out there. It's that kind of it's known as the roller coaster capital of the world, Cedar Point. There's so many roller coasters you can't ride them all in one day. And being an owner of a company, it's a roller coaster ride. There's a, there's some wise old sayings people talk about the journey and enjoying the journey. If you don't enjoy roller coasters, chances are you shouldn't be an entrepreneur because it's going to be, it's not going to be that boring steadiness Jack's talking about where we're kind of just gliding along smoothly. There's going to be ups and there's going to be downs. And that's part of the ride. It's fun both ways. And knowing that at the end of the day, while it's been a thrill ride, you're going to come back in and you're going to get out, you're, you know, you're going to get out of the cart at the end of that ride and be okay. You're going to be safe. You may have enjoyed the ride, may not, may not enjoy the ride, but if you're not, if you're not a big fan of roller coasters, Chances are you shouldn't shouldn't go into business for yourself. <laughs> well, um, certainly, you're going to get those. That's for sure. Remember the story about the CEO of Netflix. I can't remember his name. Uh, a couple of years ago, his his company had just broken through the wall of all profit estimates, and I mean, just a a phenomenal year, which is almost too good to believe. And the stock price was soaring, and he, you know, somebody stuck a microphone in front of his his face, and he wasn't celebrating one bit. His company had just hit record highs and, and again, stock valuation through the roof. And he was worried, and that, that's in the essence of what his comments were, worried about when this good time is going to drop. 
because it sure is going to drop, and it sure did drop. So to Adam's point about roller coasters and uh, the ups and downs and the uncertainty, you have to like that. And, you know, you don't, you don't like the negatives, but you like to at least, I do, and I consider myself an entrepreneur. Uh, you know, I love the challenge when, they, when they're thrown at you to try to rework it, and you can rework it. Small companies have tremendous advantages to, to put forth the quick change. So it's, it's fun to do that, and it's fun to enjoy the ups. But, you know, you're going to have both of them. They're going to, hopefully, they, they, the ups stay a lot longer than the downs. That's right. The, the, the thrill of the roller coaster would be nothing if it was all ups. You need <clears> to have some downs. It would be boring there, too. Right. So I think as you're describing that, 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 that six-month period of our client, it was that, that steep hill up or steep climb up that first hill. It's anticipation. Okay, I know it's good. I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Okay, oh, here it is. I, I found where the, the end of that hill is going to be. Let's go for that ride. And what you notice, too, is that that, that down goes pretty quick, and you can, you can come back up. Usually going back up goes a little bit slower. Right, so again, even though it's up and down, usually it goes down quick. Then you can go right back up. But knowing that you're, you're going to come back up, you may hit bottom. We had somebody describe it uh, a couple weeks ago. Jack mentioned, "Hey, kind of that ball. I finally hit hit the ground. I'm bouncing back up now. Okay, so you can kind of see and recognize. Okay, I've kind of hit hit that bottom point. I'm I'm, I'm heading back up. And you got to keep going through that. And one of the things that also ties into this, I'll, I'll go to a, kind of another point here, Jack, is one of our favorite things about entrepreneurs." is that they are grinders. Mm-hmm. Grinders, okay? Not a, a meat grinder, per se, but they grind through stuff. They aren't, they aren't giving up at the first sign of trouble. They, you know, they, just because it, it doesn't work the first time, they're trying something a second time, a third time, a fourth time, different ways to make things start to happen. They aren't going to be, they aren't counting hours. Job people count hours. Hey, I work for eight hours or nine hours. I, you know, I, I've given you, you know, all I've got. The grinders are going to be on the job mentally, 24-7. Now, it doesn't mean that they don't have families and hobbies and other things that, that are going on, but they aren't going to put things aside and, and try to turn things off. No, they They're going to keep grinding through it. They aren't whiners either. They, uh, you know, we as coaches, whenever we, we do get a whiner, it's, uh, it's very short-lived. They, uh, they usually work themselves right out of the whining state. And if they don't, within a period of a pretty short time, we'll give them a... Uh, a metaphorically uh, slap in the face here to say, stop it. Stop whining. There's no place for whining. You can do whatever you want, even fold up your company. So quit whining and get to work. So a big part of the grinding is being able to kind of keep pushing ahead, even in the, what may feel like failure or, or, or a lot of bumps along the way. You keep pushing because you believe in it. And you aren't focused, again, you aren't focused on the hours. You're focused on trying to get it right, trying to get that problem solved to figure it out however long it takes. When you do that, usually what happens is your days go by real quick because you aren't looking at the clock. You're you're engaged, you're, you're into it totally where you're where you're loving what you're doing. Okay? So being that kind of a grinder is a fantastic way to go through life and it's very thrilling and and the reason why people I think again romanticize this whole idea of owning a company is they tend to recognize that most owners are pretty fulfilled people. You know, even with all the ups and downs and everything else, they wouldn't change it for the world, especially especially if they've, if they've had a job in corporate America or for, for a bigger company, they really do appreciate what it means to be on their own, to be able to kind of put their impact on the company, not have to necessarily answer to somebody else. They're answering to the person in the mirror, typically. Yeah, okay? that's right. And so there's tremendous satisfaction with that, tremendous fulfillment that comes with that. And there's tremendous responsibility that comes with that, too. But again, it's, it, it becomes a tremendous love affair. And that's why I think most people really enjoy 
being around, being with, and working with and working for small business owners. There's a certain genuineness that's part of it. And again, it comes you know through a lot of grinding through the years. So, all right, I got a few more that I want to kind of touch on. We have a hit the break here real quick and then we'll come back here in a couple minutes Jack I got a couple more before the end of the show I want to kind of touch on so stay tuned here hear more of that I'm Adam Sunhalter and I'm Jack Mancini still looking for a cure for my dry cough in fact I'll give 10 bucks to anybody who sends a good recipe and I'll use it to jackm at maximumvp.com alright that's my email address stay- you fire those off $10 $10 to you That's that's how desperate I'm getting. All right, stay tuned. For more dirty secrets of small business, including how do you get rid of the dry cough, on Integrity Radio, WINT, 1330 AM, the new 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. All right, welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sunhalter, and I'm here with uh, Jack the Medicine Man Mancini, looking for that witch doctor recipe for his cough, dry cough. Hello, Adam. Yes, 10 bucks. Jack M at MaximumVP.com. Give me an old home remedy. Because I know the Cleveland Clinic, God bless them, they've tried a whole bunch of things, and they can't get rid of it. They said, hey, it's just going to go away like it came, suddenly and unexpected. So wait a minute. I couldn't get my partner to tell me that one. So, it's like the magic man, right? That's well, right. If, you, if you got one here in the next 10 minutes, give us a call here in the studio, 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946-9468. That's and right. if, you, if he keeps it up, if he doesn't get it this week for 10 bucks, you know, you, you, you'd be no sure it'll keep that. going up. He'll be adding That's zeros to that, right? We'll see how we do. But, <laughs> hey, 10 bucks tonight, what the heck? 10 bucks is 10 bucks, folks. So, okay. That's all right. right. So we got a couple other things we're going to touch on here. We, the, the, the how question for the last part of the show here has been, how do you know you're an entrepreneur? We've given some different examples of what that looks like. And one of the ones I want to kind of put out there is, is you've made a sale. Okay, you've made a sale. And what does that mean? I, I think most people don't. It was funny. We, we had a speaker at, at, at Rotary last week, and, and she said she really enjoyed sales. She said, you know, and I never thought I would say that. You know, and she said, because there are certain professions within sales. She says, well, I don't want to offend anybody, right? And so one of our guys is a, is, is a car salesman. And he's got a big smile on his face. He's going, what do you have against car salesmen, right? Because, you know, he, the, 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 the feeling of it's, it's car salesmen, snake oil salesmen. It's, it's like bad things. She says, no, I, I love sales because I get a chance to help people, help figure out what's going on. Okay, can I help you? Or if I can't help you, can somebody else help you? So that feeling, that, that, that thrill of being able to help somebody is, is a part of what a sale is about. And so... I think most people have done that. They've done a version of that. If you've um, ever gone on a date, you've had to sell yourself, right? You've had to kind of sell kind of what sure you're about. You, do. you always right? do. Yeah. You don't think of it that way, right? Or if you go on a job interview, you're trying to sell what you're about, what, you know, what's kind of going on. If you're having to tell a story to your parents or significant other that's not quite so true, maybe, or you have an idea you want to sell them, well, you, it's, it's so you have to kind of sell some stuff. Selling right? is fun when you make the sale. When you get the rejection, that's the hard part. We probably outnumber the sales 10 to 1, well, maybe more. It depends on the perspective. I think if you can learn something from that, much like you mentioned the roller coaster before, up and down, you, and you, how you enjoy some of those downturns, because you start to you learn about yourself a lot. You know, I, learned, I learned a ton about myself you know, working 100, 120-hour weeks on Wall Street, Jack. Hmm. I learned how far I could push myself, you know, what I can go through, what, what you can put up with, how, how much can you push yourself? What can you, you know... 
Because you don't know. Most people haven't pushed themselves to, to, to extremes to a certain extent. How bad do you want it? Most of us will give up at a certain extent. So most people do, and often That's you're correct. you know you're you're right there at that at that tip of the mountain where if you kept on going just one last push you're up over top of it but you you give up a little bit too soon and so if you if you like that whole idea of helping that's what that's really what sales is about and I think that's where people they they discover well, that they really enjoy about, it but I don't think most people do that I don't think most salespeople do that so she's exceptional right there most salespeople are oriented to getting the sale any which way you can. Wave that $10 bill, wave that check, wave that whatever. You know, they aren't necessarily motivated with the fix, with the, with the good feeling. The good feeling comes from getting a sale. I'm, I'm pretty convinced of that. Not helping you, helping me, unfortunately. Right. But if they're in it for a living, <laughs> if they're in it for a living, they got to they gotta make those sales. Well, so usually, a, usually the thrill comes from, the, the, the long-lasting thrill comes from being able to help somebody. I agree. I think that's I think why that's, the folks are more focused on themselves, just the sales and the bucks. It kind of it wears off. It's like going shopping; it kind of wears off. Right. That, that whatever that adrenaline rush or whatever the hormone is that kind of kind of gives you that rush will just kind of go away very quickly. But if you're truly helping people, it's not sales. It's not. It's it's you feel good about it. It always feels good to help somebody. You know, I dare you to, to, to try to help somebody with anything and, and not feel better about it. True. I guarantee you feel better. If you're not feeling good about something, go go sell something. Go help somebody. Go you know. Go make that sale. Another sign that that, that you're an entrepreneur is you you feel like you've signed your life away. You've, you, you, you've gone to a bank. You've signed. You've committed to some debt. You've gone through the mound of paperwork, and here you are. And you maybe you're shaking over top of that thing where you're, you know you're personally signing for something to where I have to guarantee this thing, and it, it, it's going to scare the living daylights out of you the first time. And it's like, hey, I didn't sign up for this. What, you know, what's the stuff all about? But it's something that maybe you need to help grow your business or help to kind of get things kind of going. So you're going to sign for something like that. It's amazing. I just had something recently with a, with a prospect mentioned. Uh, you got some siblings involved, and, and most of the siblings are good with signing that, that, that document, but one of them doesn't want to sign it. And, what? Well, it's, again, it's the idea of romanticizing things and wanting all the high – praise all the the, the the adulations all the profits all the good things that come with the business but not wanting to to put some things at risk so to speak to really put your name in the dotted line to commit to something like that and say i'm committing to yeah i'll pay this back i could take care of this i believe in what i'm doing wait say that again say that what, what, i believe that's right that's what very i'm doing evangelical Hey, Amen, brother. brother. Uh, I right. believe. That's right. All right. So do you believe it? If you aren't willing to sign for something like that, <laughs> well, why would I want to give you money? That's right. I'm taking a bet on you. That's what happens. And that can be fun, too. And that comes back, ties into the sale. You make a sale to the bank. They're buying into you. Or an investor. They're buying into you. They may not know anything about your product or service, or uh, but they say, hey, he believes it. She believes it. I'm buying them. I believe they're going to make it happen. Even if it's not what they're saying or how it's, they're going to make it happen somehow, some way. They're going to grind through it. They're going to make it happen. You got to have that, and you got to be willing to sign on the dotted line. To, you know, and it could be for debt, for instance. Very important to be able to kind of do those things. But if you've done that, you're an entrepreneur. If you haven't or you're not willing to do that, don't even bother. Well, I didn't bring my phone in here with me. I wanted to look up the word entrepreneur. Okay. I wanted to. You wanted I'm not to. Going to, yeah. Just I thought I'd pass that. I wanted to along, even though it's an absolutely piece of useless information. <laughs> <laughs> 
So we know that you got a dry cough you need some help with, and you're looking to make up, you know, you're looking to know what the definition of entrepreneur. I got my own definition of entrepreneur, which is a good definition, I think. But yeah, there's probably a Webster's or a, uh, I'm sure there's a Wikipedia version of what they would describe as entrepreneurs or different examples of entrepreneurs. Well, it's a French word, I know that. Well, people think of it more swashbuckling, and we're more roll up our sleeves, realistic. Here's what entrepreneur is about. It's about betting on yourself. That's a big part of the theme of this. Mm-hmm. Betting upon yourself and your abilities to to not only what you can do, but to, to, to get a team together to make something happen. So whether it's creating something new from starting a company, whether it's taking over a company that already exists and getting it, you know, continuing moving in the right direction or get it righted if it's going the wrong direction, but your your belief in yourself. And that's where many people will talk themselves out of it. They don't believe they never in themselves. Get themselves started. No, that's right. That's right. That first step is the biggest one and all of a sudden you're you didn't lose your foot and you can take a second step and a third step. And all of a sudden you're doing pretty good. So my final point here on whether you're an entrepreneur or not, Jack, ties right into that. Are you willing to fail? Hell no. No so it's no reason to fail. Well, are you willing to fail? I'm not saying you're going to do it on purpose, but you're willing to have a failure. And what does failure mean? It means you're making mistakes. Oh, make mistakes. We don't tolerate mistakes in our companies. <laughs> that's right. We're talking to the perfect, the perfect people here. Absolutely. That's right. No, that's the, Every nobody's small perfect. company should make whatever they start out to do unless they quit. The reason people love talking to us so much is we've made all the mistakes <laughs> they've made you know, times 10. We've been there. We've done it. We, you know, we, what we try not to do is try not to repeat those mistakes. But we do that too sometimes, right? No, so we can I've, see it. I'm, I'm afraid to make mistakes. Everybody is. But you do it anyway. You do it. You don't let that stop you. You plow ahead and you don't, you don't plan on and design mistakes. They happen. And you deal with them. So the character of an entrepreneur is such where when adversity is thrown their way, they plow right through it. And they're, they're going to have shaky moments, but... Uh, it's okay. It's all part of it. It's all part of the, I don't know, we'll use the term rush. I don't know if it's a rush or not, but it's certainly, it's stimulating versus that steady, boring <laughs> paycheck or that steady, boring profits. Eventually that gets old. You like a little stimulation one way or another. All right. I didn't say I was afraid to make mistakes. I said you're willing to fail. It's different. Let me give you, you gave me a great story yesterday, Jack, talking about trying out for St. Ed's freshman football. That's right. You and the biggest kid, six foot four, two hundred forty-five pounds, fifteen yards apart, full full bore, go at each other, that right? Story well. Remember? That's okay. Right. Well, remember. I'm listening to you, right? All right. So you were willing to fail. Doesn't mean you weren't afraid, but you were willing. Hey, let me go at it. And you came out of it on top. I knew I wasn't going to fail, but I was. A, no, I didn't know. I was you didn't know. Of course, you don't know. You, you, that's part of the thing. So you're willing to go. You're willing to take that perceived risk. You're willing to challenge potential failure. Because it's better than the boring, the whatever. Right. You know, you've been droning out. Yeah, that's, that's what we're talking about. So if you're willing to do that, not saying you're going to, but you're willing to do that. Yeah, it's it's inherent in the in the pursuit of the upside. It's inherent. Risk and failure are inherent. You guessed wrong. I thought this was going to happen. I thought the weather was going to be this way. I thought this. Gee, somebody made a mistake when they gave it to me. You know it's going to happen. It always does.
All right. So be willing to fail, folks. It's a, I'm going to leave you with that message. I want to thank you again for joining us in this week's edition of Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I invite you to tune every Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. We're here. If you have any questions before, give us a shout, 877-849-0670, or hit us up on email, radio at MaximumVP.com. Yes, we are business coaches and good ones, and we're looking for a cure for dry cough. And we'll show you how to make a business out of that if you absolutely step forward and get 10 bucks on top of it. So that's all I got to say to All right. So, again, 877-849-0670, radio at MaximumVP.com. Learn more Dirty Secrets of Small Business next Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Hey, thanks for listening on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at WINTradio.com.